Hello, George. Hello, Paul. Hello, Ross. All right, just as we get into our medical issues today, um, the, the reports from Samoa saying, I think it was 60 people dead from measles, of all things, at last count. Um, what's actually going on there, Ross? Do you know I mean? Because in Australia, we've all but eradicated measles. Well, we have to some extent, but with these lunatic anti-vaxxers, and please don't send me an email, anyone who's listening who's a lunatic anti-vaxxer, because I'll just delete it. But with the lunatic anti-vaxxers, what's happening is is that people aren't getting vaccinated for measles, and if in areas like Samoa, and I'm not sure of the vaccination programs there, but if people haven't had the vaccine and they get measles, they can get very ill, and as you said, they mm. can die. And a lot of people don't understand that, because when we were kids, you get measles, you'd be sick for a while, and that'd be the end of it. But what we didn't realise that about one in a thousand people who get measles get a thing called subacute sclerosing panencephalitis where they're left with the intellectual impairment for the rest of their life. Oh, it's a serious illness and they can get severe encephalitis, they can get severe pneumonia and they can die. And that's unfortunately what's happening in Samoa. And we have seen a minor outbreak in Australia, again, because of people bringing it from areas where where it's occurring and also from people mm. not getting vaccinations. Ha, has anyone died in Australia of it? No, 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 no. But yeah. they've, they've, got, they've got measles from it. Well, and, and look, measles for most people is a self-limiting illness. But it's like influenza. Influenza knocks you around for a couple of weeks and then you then you get better for some people, but some people die from yeah, influenza, they've, which is they've why made, vaccination. Yes, they've made it compulsory in Samoa to get vaccinated. Now, the other one I wanted to ask you about was cholesterol. Uh, and they're saying there's a recommendation in the papers this week that people as young as 25 should be tested for cholesterol uh, as, a, as a matter of course to stave off uh, heart disease later in life. Now I know I know this is a fairly touchy topic with you Ross. It certainly is a touchy topic. Look the, I, I've got a 32 year old patient whose father died at 31 of heart disease from a thing called familial hypercholesterolemia. Now her cholesterol is 12.4 I've done a calcium score on her. She already has muck in her arteries. I'm hammering her cholesterol of 12.4 with a statin, very high-dose statin, because she will die from heart disease Mm. if we don't treat her cholesterol. But this screening of 25-year-olds, I'll tell you another story. 28-year-old man whose cholesterol was high, measured by the GP, um, purely because the uncle had a heart attack at 55. The uncle, not the father. The fellow was put on a statin at age 28. For the next 10 years, his wife went through... 10 unsuccessful cycles of IVF until he said, maybe it's my Lipitor I'm taking. Stop the Lipitor. Within a few months, she gets pregnant naturally without any help at all. She went through the misery of 10 failed mm, IVF that's awful. because some fool had put her her husband on a statin for 10 years, which he shouldn't have been on in the first place. So, and when, yeah. when I checked his heart at age 38, there was nothing in his arteries. I yeah. mean, it was just, it was just ridiculous. So, that we, yeah, what you're saying is one size doesn't fit all with this. No. no. Every, every case, look, if I've got people with very strong premature family histories of, of heart disease, I'll investigate them with the hilt and I'll hammer their cholesterol with a statin because mm. the disease is going to kill them first. But when, when you use a drug that, that has no proven benefit for, for younger people at all, there's no studies whatsoever. And some lunatics in medicine were talking about treating children with statins. I mean, it's, it's just that does my head in because these are very strong metabolic uh, uh, enhancers and and effectors and they block a very important metabolic pathway in the generation of cholesterol and and cholesterol for for all of us is important it's just if you've got this small ldl that's getting into your arteries that's where it's a problem Mm. 
but only do it in people with very strong risk factor profiles, like my father had a heart attack at 45 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Yep. Now, there's a story about extra virgin olive oil, and they say it may protect against dementia. And I was yep. just saying to Paul before we phoned you, I don't think there's any other sort of olive oil except extra virgin. I mean, oh, I mean, everybody uses extra virgin these yeah, days, don't they? Now they do, but years ago they used to have extra light, and they couldn't even spell light properly, L-I-T-E. L-I-T-E, yeah. Uh, and and all, all that was was the same, had the same fat content as extra, as extra version olive oil, but it had all the plant chemicals, which are the things that are really good for you, taken out of it. So that was the extra light olive oil. So really these days all we should be using is extra virgin olive oil. And I say, and Paul's going to love this one, extra virgin olive oil comes from really, really ugly olives. (laughs) (laughs) Politically incorrect. (laughs) But but anyhow. Uh, Just just as you sent out a message to the anti-vaxxers, Paul and I'd like to send out a message to the people who are predisposed to suing over that. Dr. Ross was the guy that said that. I was the one who said it. And look, fellas, if, if you're getting offended by us, I know you two aren't, but anyone who's listening is offended by us, get over it. It's called humour. Ross, we, we love the weasel word in here. Extra virgin olive oil may protect against yeah, dementia. So what, is, is there a connection there that they know of? Yeah, what, what they've discovered, and this was a mouse study, but, but you can extrapolate some data from mice to humans, uh, and they found that the extraversion olive oil improved a thing called autophagy, which is the brain's ability to clear toxic waste. And what happens in dementia is toxic waste accumulates in the brain. And so what they did was take these, these mice at about six months of age, which is the equivalent of 30 human years, gave one group the extraversion olive oil, the other group uh, the control mice, and after another another six months, which is again now the, the mice equivalent of 60 human years, they found that there was 60% less of this toxic waste in the brain of mice who were mm. given extra virgin olive oil. So, so the point is about the Mediterranean diet. The extra virgin olive oil is a key part of the Mediterranean diet. And people who do follow a true Mediterranean diet, and this has been studied for years, have somewhere between a 30 to 50% reduction in cardiovascular disease, dementia, cancer, chronic kidney disease. And this could be one of the major explanations. Ross, what is it it with the mice? Do they have a uh, similar uh, digestive tract to humans? No, they're just just that they're easy to test. And no one's going to throw themselves in front of a bulldozer to stop someone experimenting on a mice. Oh, there'll be some people doing that. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Now, I wanted to ask you about, you've talked about this a lot on the program about dementia and and what you, I think you call a toxic waste mm. in the brain. Yep. What causes and, and I think you said thinking actually causes it. So just just as a generalised thing, how do you protect yourself against dementia, or is it uh, or is it sort of predestined that you will get dementia? Can no, you prevent no. it? You can prevent it, and, and let me say that every time you have a thought or an emotion or any time any reaction happens in the body, there's created a waste product that has to be washed out, just like when you have a meal, you've got to get all the scraps off your plate, otherwise it gets stuck to the plate. That's the same thing that happens in the brain, and that the best thing you can do about that is use it or lose it. So people who continue to work, people who continue to use their brains, crosswords, Sudokus, brain training, yeah. that helps, but also lifestyle does as well. But, but, but hang on, maybe I'm misunderstanding you, because if you're doing a lot of thinking, like doing crosswords, puzzles or reading a book aren't you producing all that toxic waste oh no 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 but no no you are but by thinking you're actually sending blood blood supply to that area of the brain and washing the toxins out so give up on the meditation you're saying and, and start thinking no, meditation's good as well. You've got to get a balance between all these things. And so, yeah. and so it's, it's see, people who are incredibly stressed, 
the stress is, is over using the bad bits of the brain that you don't want to use. And so that then accumulates more toxins. So stress, cigarette smoking, too much grog, too much bad food, no exercise. Like When you exercise, you're pumping more blood up to your brain and flushing more crap out of the brain. And that's yeah. exactly how this okay. is working. I've heard yeah. dementia referred to as uh, the old man's friend. Oh, uh, don't know about that. No, no. Well, keep that, that one to yourself. Uh, no, actually, the, three, can I say the three advantages of, of having Alzheimer's disease, number one, you get to meet a new friend. Yeah, every day, day. yeah, yeah. Number two, you're tied all you your own exit Easter time. And, and, and you should three, also you wear a name tag too so you know who you are. And number three, you get to meet a new friend every day. Yeah. Okay, so let's keep going. Now, hang on a second. You actually said something really good there. You said uh, if you go out exercising, go out for a walk, you're pumping the blood and it gets the crap out of your brain. I, I kind of yeah. like that. I thought that was a good expression. That's what happens. All right, now, increased antibiotic use, and we've been told about uh, that we're using too much of the antibiotics for many years, but they're saying now it may increase Parkinson's disease. Yeah, this is an interesting study because over the last few years we've been speaking about the link between Parkinson's disease and the gut. And what they're saying is if you have in the last 15 years or so different types of antibiotics, particularly things like tetracyclines, you wipe out particular gut bacteria that tend to protect against Alzheimer's disease. So there's a thing that's made strangely in the appendix, and we've spoken about how if you take the appendix out, you have higher rate of Parkinson's disease as well. I didn't know. That's not true. Yeah, yeah, especially if it's out before age 20, there is a slightly higher increased risk of Parkinson's disease. And they found that using these antibiotics um, can increase the risk by about 40%. Now, that doesn't mean you've got a 40% chance of having Parkinson's. If you have Alzheimer's disease, you might take your risk from 1% to 1.4%. That's a 40% increase. So it's it's not a huge risk. But what I'm saying is the excessive use of antibiotics might wipe out out the gut bacteria that makes this thing called alpha-synuclein, which is important in protecting against Parkinson's. But what's excessive use? Is it being on a course of them and then stopping and then going on a course of them again? Some people have to go on to antibiotics for three to six months for different things. Really? And they're they're also talking about antifungals. So someone might have tinea in in their foot and they take an antifungal for six months. So it's, it's more the prolonged use. So just taking one course let, is not going to do anything. Let me ask you a question about appendix there. When I was about eight or nine, I had appendicitis, and they put me in hospital, or they're about to, and they said, if this plays up one more time, I think we'll remove the appendix. Mm. Well, I got the message. They haven't played up again, so I've still got them. And I was told that appendix don't do anything. They're redundant or something. But you seem to be saying... That as I've got my appendix, that may protect me against Parkinson's disease. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. See, this is this nonsense that we had 30, 40 years ago when I started medicine about appendix were just a useless thing that you could take out. We realise now, leave the organs where they are. I had my tonsils and adenoids removed when I was five, and I've I've, I've been plagued by sinus problems all of my life since they took the, the yeah. tonsils and adenoids out. So I think all, all the organs in our body have a function. Well, what, what are the appendix for? What are they well, actually the, for? The appendix, interestingly, it's this, this little, little out patch at the, the start of the large bowel. But interestingly, uh, one in five... Um, uh, one in five cases of severe infectious diarrhea can lead to death in children in, th- in the third world. And what they're saying is the appendix has this biofilm that keeps healthy gut bacteria. So when you wipe out your bowel from infectious diarrhea, yeah. what happens is the, is the bacteria living in the appendix come out and recoat the bowel. So that's one of the theories why the appendix is good for you. Interestingly, people have their appendix out early, have a higher rate of heart attack. There's all these things. I think it's wow. an important organ in terms of inflammation. 
Okay, so if I Gee, end up that's with, handy to know. If, if I end up with Parkinson's, I can tell the doctor, impossible, I've still got my appendix. Yeah, absolutely, I haven't, haven't had a lot of antibiotics. <laughs> and and doc, Dr. Ross said it was good to have them. <laughs> yeah. All right, thank you very much. Um, and thank you. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, and we'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Bye-bye, Bye-bye, Ross. Bye-bye, Ross.